0: Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio eight hundred and ten WHB. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen Saint John, and Nate Pucati with Jake Gutierrez and Mike Boddicker. That's a bad hand, Mike. We're gonna play some. Uh, we're gonna play some clips from a very talkative Nicole Hartman. Oh, I can't I think wait! Yeah. Yeah. I
1: heard he went off. Yeah. Let it all,
0: all out there. I love it, but also something else I want to mention. And so, uh, I'm I'm kind of in trouble about something. <laughs> and when when aren't
1: you in trouble, yeah, Steve?
0: With somebody at all times. Mm. But we, uh, I don't know if you realize this, but we're going to we're going to be together this weekend. At an event. Yes, we are. See? Oh, you had, you had a look of, uh, you like, for a minute, they are like, hey. <laughs> That's
1: fear. You, you That's fear. About, you
0: thought
2: about it. It's like, it, oh,
1: okay. boy, Steve's everywhere, so I don't know where this is going to end up. So, uh,
0: I want to mention this Saturday night is the uh, ALS Association Mid-America Chapter Night of Hope, which is an evening celebrating all who make the work of the ALS Association possible. And every year, uh, we honor some wonderful people. And the last few years, um, I've had the opportunity to be one of the uh, one of the MCs for this event, which is uh, obviously you guys know how much that means to me. Uh, and my work with the ALS Association over the years, um, because my uncle. Richie Ontiveros, who was a Kansas City, Kansas police officer who battled ALS for almost eight years uh, before passing away. And uh, the ALS Association did so much for him and for my family. I always wanted to give back in some way. And I've been lucky enough to be on their uh, board of directors and now board of advisors for over a decade. And I host their um, their ALS Walk, I just agreed to do that again this year. Uh, and and I've, I've hosted the Joe McGuff ALS Golf Classic MC, their their um, post, post-tournament post chat with uh, Tom Watson and George Brett. And usually we have one more. Sometime, one time it was Bill Self, another time it was Gary Pinkle, uh, Trent Green, Peter Vermees, who had different guests there. So finally, he looked up with I said Peter Vermes. Oh yeah, ignored he ignored me yeah. for the first. He sure did. I heard a lot of blah of this. blah blah. Right, and Peter Vermes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be uh, and I and I with Lindsay Shively, who's a good friend of the show. She's awesome. Yep. Um, and so this year, it's uh, called Knock ALS Out of the Park, a night of hope, and it's going to be this Saturday, and Mike, we're going to be at um, at Arrowhead Stadium. Yep. For this, and so, so where I failed is I guess when we came out and saw you out of the uh the last event that you did for uh for your foundation mm-hmm. raising money, you want to give them a shout out too? For, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tequila Harry. friend of Tequila Harry's, yeah, it was wonderful, Lisa. Chris is great. Your, your wife, Lisa, and my wife, Susan, were talking about going to this event. And they both were unsure about what the attire was. Oh yeah, and I was supposed to find out, and I was supposed to tell you, and I found out, and I forgot. Yeah, it. so it's jean, denim, uh, denim and bling. Yeah. And
1: bling that's Blue it. jeans and bling. Yeah, whatever bling is.
0: Yeah, so it's bling. It's
1: what, 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 should oh, so, what should, should I got? wear? What should oh. sure I wear?
2: You're a big jewelry guy.
1: Oh. You're a jewelry guy. You're a Play Western cowboy. I don't have a finger that fits on anymore. Put it around your neck. Yeah,
0: put around your neck. Put around your neck. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Where Blooma <laughs> Oh my Well I'm well I'm gonna I am i am going to i do not know i am I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear je- I'm gonna wear jeans. Yeah, yeah. Right? And mm. so Yeah, I am gonna <laughs> I think I might go back to my rhinestone cowboy days. <laughs> so bloomers I'm supposed to go visit uh nigros oh yeah and, and tell them Travis and ask for david nigro jr and tell them travis marvin sent me so i'm gonna try yeah, to you do, gotta go up to
1: nigros i'm gonna try to get you oh that yeah that's cool yeah um and they will have some bling there that's right yeah
0: um maybe a, a big belt buckle yeah. Ooh yeah um over bigger five, the better steve yep. So you look know like a wrestler r- by the time they get down to you. That's you know
2: Steven was known as the rhinestone cowboy yeah. among the KCK police
0: back in the day? Really? I used to, yes. I used to, uh, my mom <laughs> made me a cowboy outfit. Oh, I and bet. I used to perform the song to, at the picnics and <laughs> events, weddings, um, get together. So you know. Richie gets it honestly. So yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, right. I was I, I performed. No, oh, you would go
1: You still You've do seen him
0: perform, but here, well, Yeah, I
1: saw him at the party the one
0: time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis. Yeah. But here's the here's the big <laughs> deal, man. This is this is why. And look, we're honoring several people. Uh, uh, the Tom Watson Award of Courage, uh, the George Brett Award for Commitment. Um, but we are going to honor. George Brett, for his lifetime commitment to the fight against ALS, and that's that's one of the reasons why you're going to be there. I know yes. all, you know this this has been something that you've helped out with over the years, but we're going to honor George Brett, and so this is like you know, we, I mean, he's going to get the ALS Association Lifetime Achievement Award, and um, you know I've. We've talked about this, you know, in the past. George is still someone I uh, get—I don't want to say starstruck, but you know, just George. George, George, Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't, but that's okay. But he comes up, even (laughs) gives me a hug or whatever. We talk. I mean, I consider him a friend. He's—he's, you know. He's done a lot for this city. Hell, I drank. I drank wine in his kitchen and in his basement. Mm-hmm. And whatever, but the 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 point is, um, when my uncle had ALS and he was wheelchair bound, and uh, many members of our family just, just stop coming around, right? Um, my grandmother and my grandfather turned their their entire living room basically into you know with with, with, a, with a hospital bed. and Just turned their basically the house into a care facility for him. The Fraternal Order of Police came out um, and and made everything wheelchair accessible, built ramps, ramps did all yeah. these things. Um, but still, there was you know, there's many people that don't know a lot about ALS and and Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, think about it, back then in like 1986, I was 13 years old, and I remember when he got the diagnosis. You know, and my and my grandparents they were from Mexico, and and they were overwhelmed, especially my grandmother, my grandfather had a pretty good grasp on things. And my grandmother was just so overwhelmed by everything and she just couldn't wrap her head around what was going on. So I remember me and my mom went to the, to the public library in, in Northeast and sat down and we got every book possible that had anything to do with ALS and was reading it. And it was just, everything we read was even worse and worse. Oh, yeah. It was just horrible. No cure, and just it was horrible. I'll never forget that, and how we basically sat there and and, you know, watch my mom cry, reading more and more about it. But my mom was going to educate herself about it because she was going to be one of the main caretakers. And it ended up, it was you know, my grandmother, my grandfather, my mom, and then I helped as much as possible. I had gone away to Mo West, but then it got even more difficult for them to be able to help him and, and get him out of bed and do things. So then that's why I transferred back to. Um UMKC so I, I I had always be within 20 minutes or so you know if something happened if he fell but what I wanted to say was the ALS Association then did so much they used to have monthly support meetings support groups where you meet with other families and just talk and just compare notes or just get support and Sue Worthington uh it used to be named the Keith Worthington Chapter mm-hmm. because Keith Worthington was one of George Brett's best friends, yep. and he got ALS. And George, and you always say that George made a promise to a friend. He made a promise to Keith Worthington that he would do whatever he could, could, even after Keith had passed away, to continue to battle to find a cure for ALS. And that's where his involvement started from. And Sue Worthington, Keith's wife, I remember Sue and Becky Cooper, who was who was worked right under her came to my grandparents' house and sat down with us for like two hours and gave us all this information and told us the different things the ALS Association could could do to help the family, um, you know, and help get connected with hospice, just all these things. And it was, I don't have any idea what we would have done or what my grandparents would have done or my mom or my family would have done without the help of the ALS Association, which is now known the ALS Association Mid America Chapter, and so that's why it's always been so important uh, for me to try to give back, and to and to know that that help that we needed so much when we were lost in in this in this nightmare. It, it at least gave us some hope, and that's why this is called a night of hope. And hopefully, you know, before my time is done on this earth. We can we can see a cure. There's been great advances and care and everything else. Not not where it needs to be yet, right? But it means so much to me to be able to be a part of honoring George Brett for everything he's done because I remember days when it was the George Brett ALS Golf Classic, and we'd go out there and my uncle Richie, we'd load up the wheelchair and he'd go, and we'd go out to the golf tournament, and my grandparents would park his wheelchair. Under a you know under a shady tree, where all the players would come through, and every single player would come and you know take a picture with them or just talk to them or, or just show they cared a little bit, and and George would always spend all this time with the ALS patients, and it just he could never know how much it would mean to my grandparents or to me. I'm you know I'm twelve or thirteen. It's George Brett, and I've told you one year. He brought Brooks Robinson to the golf tournament and we got to meet Brooks Robinson and he spent some time with us. And it was just, it meant so much to my uncle and all these different things. And I still have a picture of of George in full uniform and my uncle when my uncle had a chance to to go out uh, on the field at the stadium and be a part of the ceremonial first pitch. And so I'm just, I'm so happy that, I have the honor of being one of the MCs on the night that we honor George uh, for everything he's done for the ALS Association, and I'm I'm super excited that you and Lisa are going to be there. So it's just it'll
1: be great. I can't wait till Saturday.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Long long-winded. Yeah, but answers to but last, but we'll, we'll, we'll it's be a great
1: it's a great story, great thing. Yep. I mean, there are so many nasty diseases in this world. And this is one of the major ones. I, it's it's devastating to families, it really is.
0: Yes, to families, not not just the patients. Not just the patients, but at the families. What the families yeah. have to go through. There's the picture of George and my uncle. I don't know if I've ever showed oh, yeah. you that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. Right with that pig, Jake. I mean, it's just you know, and George is just there, you know, and just. Is awesome, you know, and that's a long that's that's a long time ago. And he's he's and, and, and at any point he could have said, you know what, I I think I've done enough here. I'm just gonna step away. Unless nope, he's at that golf tournament every year. He's doing, you know, they ask him to do something, he does it. Yep, you know, and so that that commitment has been. Uh, a lifetime commitment, so he's he's backed it up, and so is Tom Watson. Yeah, I was going to say, I was yeah. say yeah. so Tom is Watson. Tom Watson. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's been great. And he's too.
0: a wonderful person as oh, well. Great, so. great person, and that's why they're two people that they're are They're icons here. Yeah, they are, for, and I hope people appreciate for what, them, they did, for what they did. sports they do, wise, away and from sports, away yeah. from sports. Yeah. I yes. mean,
2: it's they're they're the they're the two. I mean. No doubt, Rushmore. Yeah, you know if you built that, if you built people that in statue, yeah. yeah, those are
1: those are two of the yeah. guys are going to be on it. Yeah.
2: It's uh, that that golf tournament is one of the, it's just one of the best events in Kansas City every year, and it's and Tom and George have so much to do with why that is. Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's incredible, and it's and this is an uplift up, It's a night of hope, right? Yeah, that's and so. This yes. event on Saturday is such an uplifting event. And I'm, you're gonna have a blast. And, oh, I know I will. And we and we, we, yeah. we get out there, but there's. Well, moments you're gonna be there, Stephen. Well, so I I, that's. The, yeah, it wasn't about George. It was about you. <laughs> <laughs> there's moments of, you know, when you hear from a patient, you hear from some caregivers, you hear from people that have been instrumental in in supporting the cause, but then also it's a celebration, um, and, and and try to uplift and support the people that are still going through that battle, and and most importantly raise. A, Raising a whole bunch of money,
2: isn't it amazing how often those people uplift you? Though, yep. You know, like you, w- when you see these people that are battling ALS, and they get up and speak to everybody, mm. how you get inspired by them. You know, when they talk about the hope that they have and what they're going through and,
0: and I, all that stuff, it's crazy. So I got I got to do a, a Zoom read through of the script tomorrow, and man, i I'm, I'm hoping it ain't me. And it's so. I don't think. It, I'm hoping it ain't me that has to do the intro for George or whatever. Because zero chance I get through that. <laughs> <laughs> Less than zero. I'll be a mess. And I would it's like to stand to the side and watch and be honored and just be there because there's zero chance I get through it. I just I, I can barely get through this Whoever on the. Whoever's right in now. charge of the no. script, please make sure nope. that Stephen say St. John is no. the person that introduces George. I'll be Bray. there. <laughs> no, it's, it'll yeah. it'll be someone higher up the food chain than me. I'm just happy happy to be there. But man, it'll be hard enough for me when because I'll say things and they and part of it they asked me to tell my story. It's important. It is to, important for, for people to understand. And why it means something to me, and why I'm there and why I'll always be there. you know, even if they don't want me, I'll just show up like, oh, he's he's here again. Please please make him leave. Um and so They'll invite Susan though. Well yeah, she's yeah. always welcome. Yeah. So yeah, there it is. I'm, and so, man, I'm glad you're gonna be there. For this, it should be a great evening. night. Hopefully we'll raise a ton of money. Right. That's exactly right. And Nate and Jake have always been great doing stuff over the years, being a part of the golf tournament. Oh, I don't want to miss and,
2: that golf tournament, man. First right. of all, it's just it's a blast. It's like it is just a great time. But second of all, it's a really, really inspiring day. Um, and it is, you know, I have <clears throat> one of the most prized possessions I have is the one year that you were not able to, to host it, you asked me to go out there and do it, and I got the chance to introduce George and Tom, and they let my dad, it was your idea, I let my dad do it, because I mean my dad's two favorite athletes right. like of all time. And uh, he got to go out there and introduce. And so we got a picture of the four of us together. And and uh, the awesome people at the ALS Association had George and Tom signed it both for my dad. So he's got that picture. Does he like that at all? Mm, yeah. He's he's slightly proud of that. Right. He's slightly proud of that.
0: All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have uh, we'll make Mike listen to McCole Harmon yes. talk bad about, <laughs> about the Jets on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the show. Mike, I did want to ask you about the Royal starting Pictures because... They've all looked good so far in the spring. Is it... Is it... It's spring. I know.
1: <laughs> Tell him, Nate. It's spring. Is it all reasonable Ooh. to at least
0: be enthused by what we see from Cole Reagans? And the only thing that bothers me about Reagans,
1: he's he's throwing pretty hard right now, I guess. Well, He hit 101 yep. over the weekend. Yeah, a little early for that, plus he's. they said he's... He's developing a cutter that he worked on a little bit. Uh it scares me a little bit. That's all. We'll see how it pans out. A, but a
2: cutter more likely to cause injury?
1: Yeah. I just. I Why? Because uh, it's a new. It's something new and he's not a kid. And when you develop, when you start tinkering with new stuff, uh, with that kind of velocity, uh, it kind of scares me a little bit. Why does he throw it so hard this early? Don't know. Can't figure that one out. But by the way,
0: you know, <laughs> I, I we, we get uh, stereotyped because I'm I'm the a hole. I'm the mean guy sometimes, and Nate's always nice. It and, really and right. Did you see how mad he got in the commercial break? It, oh yeah it, yeah it, yeah it, yeah. It, it, a, it, a, oh a yeah tweet.
2: Oh yeah. Let me well, tell you
0: something. This is the guy you don't want to cross. No, you can't. You get no. you on his. You get on his bad side. It's hard to get on my bad side. You scared me. Well, the lookin' scared right. the guy. It, it, it didn't, didn't
1: scare me. I was pretty tickled. I was pretty happy. <laughs> you liked this guy. Yeah. Got, this guy like got that hot. Oh yeah, he did. I like that. You want me to talk about why? No. Well, uh, how did to. I miss? No, he but as soon as he goes, Oh, hey, he's hot. Rah, 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 I dropped you know, quite he, a few f
0: bombs. Yeah, yeah. He,
1: he jumped up out of the chair. It wasn't pretty. F of the f. Hey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey.
1: I'm in here locked into. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you're in the tunnel. You're, you're in the cave. I miss Nate getting mad. Yeah, That's it was good. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Someone didn't like what we were talking about and tweeted to Nate, and Nate just dropped death bombs and <laughs> yeah. slammed something down. I don't know. Well, while the,
2: Stephen was in the middle of a touching story about his uncle and ALS and George Brad and all the great Tom work that Watson. George Brad and Tom Watson do for yeah. a charity. And Mike uh, going to be yeah. There. yeah, I had a guy. Uh, but
1: I, I'm not an athlete, so it doesn't no, matter. You were. You oh, were. still are. If anybody has,
0: yeah. They're a pro fisherman. I could be.
2: Yeah. Well, someone someone didn't like. Hey, he tweet. I mean, Steven back to sports. Nah. Oh, yeah, that's your response to that. Okay, good.
1: People like reactions. Yep. Well, they got one. I'm I'll just telling you. Know. That. <laughs> they got. I wish They got one.
2: Sad. Like that's that's your response yeah. to that. Okay, you're, that's you hear somebody talking about something like that, and, you're, and that's your response. Okay. That's selfish and self-centered. Well, it's just and it's just so it's so that's all right let's move on yeah let's not let's not I like when he gets mad at <laughs> it's different let's break the cycle of negativity here no yeah, that's right let's, continue let's go right, let's go
0: right to Hartman let's go right to <laughs> Nicole Hartman talking about the Jets no negativity there no nope. so it didn't go well I mean I, there's there was that's no surprise it didn't go well with with Hartman and the Jets you didn't think he's gonna what goes go. well for the Jets not much mm. I can tell you that. No. You want to set this up? Which clip are we going to play here? Does does McCall Harman was asked what went wrong with the Jets? Yeah, we can can start with that one. Yeah, I haven't heard this yet. Did you? And this is with Ryan Clark? Yeah. No, I've listened to all of them, and I've edited them all. So this, but there were some, did this one have some F-bombs in it? I think there was one S-bomb, maybe. We're clear, though? The Kelsey one was littered. Okay, but this, we're good. (laughs)
2: Littered with (laughs) All right, let's
3: hear what McCall Harman
0: had to say when he was asked by Ryan Clark on his podcast, What Went Wrong With the Jets.
3: What went wrong with the Jets? They trade you.
4: What went wrong there? Y'all treat certain guys that shouldn't be treated like they should be treated. And I just feel like it's not an established coaching staff there as well. Like, you just got a new coaching staff that came in. There's no standard there. It's like, everybody do what they want to do. Defense have a more of a stabilized standard with that with the coaching staff on that side. So you could tell the defense got a standard, but the offense is just like, Alright, we'll just figure it out. It's an Aaron show. Mm-hmm. Let like Aaron do, what Aaron do, you know what I mean? But then when Aaron go down, it's like we don't know what to do. But it's like the same coach that just was out of a job the previous year, then average get a new job. No, for a fact I'm better than him, for sure. Like I ain't trying to you know what I know I'm better than him, I'm better than him too. Garrett Wilson's the only person y'all should just be like hey. So I have no problem with y'all putting around Garrett Wilson for sure. I don't I don't care. Like that's fine. But when you comes to certain other things, it's like, come on, like I don't understand why I'm not in a rotation with that. And y'all never gave me a reason as to why either. This, this is my thing was, y'all can't tell me about winning. I've been to four Super Bowls in right. five years. You know what I'm saying now? You feel me? But beforehand, I told I've been to four AFC championships. I've been to three Super Bowls. I've won two of them. Like, I know what winning looks like. Right. I know what winning is. So y'all keep telling me certain things. It's like, I'm not going for that. Like, because y'all are not doing it right. Like, we got hammers on the ground. We don't got no discipline. People feel like it's too many individual egos in his locker room or whatever, and I'm telling them, like, this not going to get y'all to win. It's not going to happen. Ha!
0: Well, where was he wrong? <laughs>
4: I mean, I, I, I,
2: didn't, uh, I didn't spot any lies. No. Probably shouldn't
1: say it, but.
0: Yeah. Is there a, what, what are the, do you agree with that, Jake, at least? Is, is there, is he better than the other wide receivers besides Garrett Wilson? Well, I, it is
3: baffling the, I mean, his snap count was non-existent. And, I mean, it's like you you can't find a way to f- fit this guy into it your It seemed offense. like
0: they could have found a way to
3: use him. You know? I mean, even just, I mean, I'm talking about, like, no snaps. Like, he should have been getting at least – I mean, it was baffling when they – you looked at his numbers when they traded him over to Kansas City, and you're like, he literally – I mean,
1: I think it was like four or five targets all year long. It's like you can't you can't figure out a way to, to – Put this guy in an offense that was just inept.
2: Okay, so so what week was the Chiefs game? Let's see,
0: it was earlier. Yeah, yeah earlier one, season. two,
2: three, four, four. I would say I can understand if a guy refuses to go in and field pugs, maybe not wanting to play him much after What's that. Problem, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but maybe the fact that in the first three weeks he probably would not playing much either.
0: Okay, play, um, Nicole Hardman. He said that one thing um, that was a determining factor for the Chiefs' unlikely Super Bowl run was Travis Kelsey's leadership. Here he talks about Travis Kelsey's leadership during the Super Bowl run.
3: Kelsey was like, this wasn't like the vintage Travis Kelsey regular season.
0: Like, it just wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't,
3: he wasn't as dominant this regular season as we've seen him. But he was turned up a different way in the playoffs from an attitude standpoint. But also, he went crazy early in the game against Buffalo. Baltimore, double-digit catches. But in the Super Bowl, there was obviously what happened on the sideline. But that, to me, that wasn't one of those, like, let me show the coach up. That was like, that dude wanted to win this game. Travis Kelsey wanted yeah. to win the Super Bowl. He wanted to be a part of it. And then, obviously, he has the second half that he has what did him stepping up, what whether it was his level of leadership, level of play in the playoffs, how much did that help y'all finish the deal? Leadership. When you said the he he had that vicious season he had,
4: but his like when I got back, the leader he was was three, four times more powerful than it's been since I've been there. Off the charts, bro, like. I mean the way he was leading, he was practicing the way he was his talk, but his speech before the game, bro, Saturday. What like, was that like, bro? Like let's go run through a wall. Like mm-hmm. this <laughs> is crazy. Like <laughs> like you know, like you know, like you know, I like, mean, you know, like, like a Ray Lewis speech. It's like, like yeah, let's f- it go, bro. Like yeah, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like the speech he had, bro, he we like, oh, this man want to win. Like okay, he will not take. I'm going to do everything we, I got to make sure we get this win for you. Like, not even for the team, for you, because the way you just, like, man in tears, bro, he yelling. Like, you like, damn, that man really <laughs> into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, his his leadership and his his word of wanting to win was just off the charts. And then you get to the Super Bowl, and he he get in the locker room. Like, even when the people undermates under, under the interaction with Coach Reed have, it wasn't no whatever. He like, man, call some f***ing plays. Let us go work. Like, we ain't, we ain't calling the place we should be calling. Then we get to the locker room, he flipped the table, the, the f***ing training bike over, like, this is the f*** you this is what y'all wanna leave out here, like, you know, like, S*** like this, like, yeah, like, nah, let's go get this, like, his leadership was, uh, was top notch. Like, it, the way he led, like, it was, it was off the charts. And you could see the difference, in, even in the second half, like, the catches he making, how he getting open, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, that you can you could feel that energy and that energy is contagious. And he got the, the energy he has is contagious, bro. Like it goes from the head coach all the way down to the people that ain't even playing. It's like everybody up there, we good. Like just him alone, bro, like is, and he the spark. Like he's that, he's that glue that, that, that held everybody together.
0: How, how much would you love, to hear that Saturday night speech oh. that Kelsey... How many, mm. how many, we've heard so many people talk about yeah. this. He was in tears. He was. It was the best speech you've ever heard. Coaches saying that, players saying that. Oh, I, that, I wonder if there's a recording of it. Oh, you know there is. I would is. love to. <laughs>
1: Somebody's got to it. Was there have ever
0: a player that you played with that was like that, that could inspire? I mean, I know football is different than baseball, and baseball is such different. a grind. Yeah. But uh, if things weren't going well, that would... Go in and flip Snap. over the table, or, or. Kirk
1: Gibson was a good one.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, well, that's a bet, great well, I, shout.
1: Kirk Gibson was a good I one. I
0: bet you when he flipped
1: out, you oh the baby, table. and he could back it up. Nobody ever messed with <laughs> you. Nah, no, nah, he was probably the best. Yeah. Yeah, he flip H- over was, the
2: table. Hal was known for that too, wasn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah, as, as a manager. <laughs> <That laughs> well, yeah. We didn't eat. He just yeah. flipped over all the food. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least Kelsey just did
2: the trading bike. You know? Yeah. Nobody wants to be Nobody on that. Nobody wants to be on that anyway. So.
1: <laughs> no, Gibby, uh, Gibby gets you fired up. He, he was—he He's was probably the one guy. I and mean, baseball's different. Yeah. You got 162. I mean, you can't, you can't get that in 10.
2: a intense. lot
0: of players only meetings you hear about over the course of the season. Uh, Do those work? Player only? Yeah, you know something. When there's yeah. like a team's like in a seven game losing well, game, players was, only meeting last night, and we got everything figured out. I think yeah. it was
2: Gibson that said this. I, Bob Dutton used to always quote it. I, I can't. I think it was Gibson. But he used to always say that winners win and players meet, or losers meet. <laughs> yeah. Winners win and losers meet. We never had any meetings. Yeah. The Royals, we, the Royals had, that I covered had a lot of yeah, players only uh-huh. meetings. Losing they didn't really is, sort it, losing is a disease. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't sort no, much we, out. I,
1: I never, we never had any meetings. Uh, my first eight nine years, we never had any meetings ever. Didn't go over hitters. Didn't go over nothing. Uh, uh-uh. we just played.
0: You want to play the the the, the other McCall? There's two more. One, I didn't talk about Taylor Swift, but there's one. Uh, his perspective um, about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's a good one. He has a nice comment about Bosa on that one. And this, and this is—is is this, is he talking about the game-winning play? Yeah, he's talking about Tom and Jerry or whatever. Okay, so this is McCall Harbin talking about the game-winning cartoon. Play. By the way, yeah,
2: I loved it. <laughs> you know what? And it holds up. Yeah.
0: And, and, then, and then the movie featured Alex Gordon. Yeah. See, there you go. Huh. Um, so here is McCall Harbin, his perspective, talking about the uh, the walk-off touchdown that won the Super Bowl.
2: Clock at ten seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. He
4: runs and he throws.
3: You know I'm going to be wide the f*** open. Nah. <laughs> you,
4: well, it's for man, though. Like, the play is designed for man-to-man coverage. The 49 didn't play man right there. They was in zone. Was actually, so so when that, play, when that play come in. All right, so in, have got right right Bunch, F, shuttle, Tom and Jerry right yellow. Orange, 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 let's go! Theoretically, you want to see who's if, if they're like, you know, if they own on you, if they press pressed on you or whatever. Because obviously they got to run run around. But when I went in motion, nobody came with me mm-hmm. at all. So I'm like, okay, it's going to the running back. But thank you, Nick Bosa, for blowing up the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was going to the running back. If you see the play, the running back fakes the handoff and come back around. And you, you just toss it to him. And he, he It's like a touchdown. We ran a few times before. It's like a touchdown. But when I did the shuttle, and I came, I came back out. Mooney, the corner seven, he he didn't f- go to the flat. I'm like, I know I'm finna be open for sure. <laughs> and then literally, when I, I just just looked and Pat looked at me dead in my eye like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I'm finna a- throw this bitch. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? <laughs> so I catch the ball, I knew the game over, and then literally one side like turn this way and go like this. I have no recollection of what happened. <laughs>
3: Oh,
4: City! Oh,
0: oh yeah like, let's go <laughs> like, yeah. and so the, the cool thing is and, and you know what Andy was doing he liked to play but also I think I think there was a little bit of an element there of let's give McKinnon his touchdown remember from last oh, year yeah. McKinnon yeah. gave up the touchdown you know, went down to the one-yard line, could have had that touchdown in the Super Bowl. And you know how, that, that, that's so Andy Reid, right? Yeah. yeah I'm going to design a play where it's going to be, and we're going to give McKinnon this touchdown, and we're going to win the game. Because he he was—he made that sacrifice, And we, you know, last year against the Eagles, mm-hmm. and they thought he was going to be open for that touchdown. But Bosa blew up the play, and then that's how it ends up in McCall Harmon's hands. Mm-hmm. That's what I was the cool part about it. See, Jake? Yeah? Huh? Dude, and, and, and yeah.
2: doesn't that... This might be a random observation, but doesn't that explanation uh, give you a little insight as to how, when, when like Pro Football Focus gives their grades on who did well on a play, they're really guessing.
0: There's so much more to it. That. That's
2: why, I, you, you know, know, yeah, like because all we we all assume immediately, what an amazing play call by Andy Reid to know that that McCole Hardman was going to be wide open there. You find out so much more to He's it. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That was designed for a man play, and they were playing zone. You know, this guy blew up the first... I mean, like, you, you learn all these different things. Is he a little Mooney? Yeah. <laughs> Charverius Ward. Yeah. Didn't go with me. But you also understand... Travis Kelsey, why didn't he go with McCole Hardman? Because everybody thought that ball was going to Travis Kelsey on the 49ers side, and they all ran to him. Because how many times has Travis Kelsey caught a touchdown pass oh, over yeah. the last five years where you go, How is he open? How does the <laughs> other team let Travis Kelsey <laughs> be open when the other guys aren't that big of a threat, right? Every game, yeah. and so, how is he wide open? Yeah, so they how all made you sure he cover wasn't Kelsey? open, and McCole and Hartman
1: was instead. Well, also, makes you, you know, you don't question why those guys love Andy Reid. You know, he he was taking care of you know.
3: McKinn. But but
1: Mahomes has to to see everything and realize everything instantly. It, I mean, as an athlete, I can't even fathom what I mean. You got guys coming, you got you you got to figure everything out, and you've got all these different
2: reads. I don't know how he does it. He and and, and the best thing they did on those two biggest plays of that drive, give Mahomes an option, right? Because the one that he kept. Um, on the on the fourth down, yeah, you know he, 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 he had an option whether, yeah. whether he was going to throw, throw it or, or, or run it.
0: Man, you see you suggested that play? MV, no, MVS, love it.
2: So, and, and when you say like the guys love Andy Reid, first and foremost because he calls a play that works, <laughs> right. And then secondly, he calls a play. He he he, he looks after his guys. Personnel, yeah, yeah, and, and man, it's it's just so crazy to think back to all the conversations we had all year about that wide receiver group. And we've all seen it enough that we did have the conversation. Would it surprise any of us if if somebody like MVS or Kadarius Toney comes out and makes a play in the postseason no, that they really no, need?
1: No, and you talked about it all the time. And, it wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise you. And, and then But think of all the drops this year. Yeah. Every
2: time a ball went to a
1: wide receiver, you're going, oh, please catch it, please catch it, because they McCole dropped so Hartman many. McCall Hartman
2: could have cost them the whole playoffs with that fumble at the goal line. Right he fumbled the ball multiple we were all sitting there saying, don't just don't put, just don't give him the ball he doesn't need the ball <laughs> don't give him the ball yeah but Andy Reid, Andy Reed's you know he sticks with his guys he does and 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 more often than not they don't always but more often than not they seem to reward him for it and that's why i say like if you got a problem with big red as a player you got a problem with you yeah you know when, when you hear players gripe about him when they didn't it didn't work out for them here yeah. yeah, That's your that's your problem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mike, I know you're not a big fan of, of players mic'd up, you know, in games for baseball, or whatever. But and, and obviously we don't hear it live. But how good is that? To hear, that was know, awesome. That, the, you know,
1: I'm not. I'm yeah, yeah. You just, know, that that was that was pretty cool hearing because we nobody has that insight. Nobody has that insight. What's going on? I just don't like Alex Rodriguez walking around the infield interviewing people. You just don't like Alex Rodriguez. Well, well that's, true. Yes. <laughs> that's true,
2: yes.
1: That's true, but, yeah. Well, I mean, but, but yeah, right. uh, no, I, I'm all right with guys mic'd up. I just don't want to hear it during the game. Later on it's fine. It gives you an insight.
0: But. Or you don't want to hear A-Rod during a game. So, uh, anytime. Uh, anytime. any will uh, be right back after this on WHB. Can we play the last? Do we have enough time for the last clip? I'm talking about... <laughs> you
1: love this, don't you? Try. Yes. Yes, Swift. yes, yes.
0: Taylor Swift?
1: Yeah, try. I'll keep quiet, okay, Jake. Yeah. Give it all you your all best. Go. go, Jake,
3: go. Here's McCall Harmon talking about Taylor Swift. Did. This is my teammate. This is my teammate's significant other. This is what we do. Right. But it changes when it's Taylor Swift. How much of the difference did y'all actually feel as a team? I don't think really...
4: To us, it really wasn't nothing because it's... Tri- it's trap, tri- bro. Like, if anybody's going to do that, it's Trav that's going to get that <laughs> right there. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? It's Trav that's going to do it. But, like, Trav just such a cool dude. Yeah. And Taylor's so cool, bro. Like, even, like, going to the crib and, like, meaner and whatever type thing, though know, he had to get together or whatever. Or even after the game, like, she's so cool, like, where she just, oh, hey, how you doing and whatever. And she just vibe. It's just, like, who she is is, like, the magnitude with everybody else around and make it seem like. But to everybody else, it's... All right, cool. It's Taylor. Like, what's up? How you doing? And we keep it. at that. It is that. Oh, this is my significant other. Right. Oh, how you doing? Because to us, we're not looking at that. But I was when we leave. Like, man, damn, that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you thinking, man. The moment, you're like, okay, what's all you doing? You keep it cool. You keep it playing. You know what I'm saying? But when you get back home, like, hey, but that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what that is? Like, hey, like, that's like, crazy. Like, even my girl, like.
3: <laughs> you caught the game-winning touchdown. Yeah. You blacked out. You blacked Came down. back. Yeah, you got your ball. Right. Then she came and she hugged you and she told you something. Were you back all the way to to even comprehend what she told you after the game? Oh yeah, I was
4: good. Then what she I, say? Yeah, she was just like, uh, I think she was like, uh, uh, good job, proud of you, good game. Like man, it was crazy. Then she said something about those magic. They said you want these magic tricks because when I first met her, like I was doing magic tricks with the cards. I got I got a few tricks I can do with the cards. And she was just like, this is crazy. Like you know whatever. And every time she see me, she talk about it. So then she was like, man, you on these cars, you just got some, it just, your hands are magical or something. She was saying like that, like you catching the game with a touchdown. And she was saying that. So it was kind of cool saying that. But I was, I was back by then, though.
0: I feel like McCall Hartman needs his own show. Please. Doesn't even have to be about football. Just whatever. <laughs> That's right, bro. Do, do, do some magic tricks. Yeah. So I love that. Cool. Just
2: just keeping it cool. Hey, yeah. you know, we're just hanging out with Taylor.
0: Then when she leaves, yo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Taylor
1: uh, Swift!
2: That's how Steven is around George Brett.
0: That's right. Uh-oh. All right, Mike Boddicker, thank you so much for the time. and we'll. I'll see you on Saturday. You will see me on better Saturday. Be all yeah, bear that bling.
1: I got to figure out what the
0: bling is going to be, brother. Okay, I'll yeah, give you some sure bling. Rang. I'll let you borrow mm-hmm. some. I'm sure Jake's got some bling for me. I don't know about that. He's got something you don't want to borrow it. though, I can tell you that. (laughs) That's Mike Boddicker. We'll be back after this on
2: WHP.